folks, and welcome to episode 108 of the Farben Metal Podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Tom England from Evergrey discusses his first band, and I recommend the Sacramento progressive metal band, Never Bloom. Before all that, I welcome Arian Lucasen onto the show. Arian is a goddamn legend. He's the mastermind behind the Arian Metal Opera Project, which features folks like Bruce Dickinson, Tommy from BT Bam, Devin Townsend, this episode's first band guest, Tom England, and literally dozens of past guests from the show, and so many more. He's also responsible for The Gentle Storm, his band with Annika von Giersbergen, and the band he's on to talk about today, Star One. Star One is a progressive metal band that has been the occasional project of Arjen for about 20 years. On February 18th, Star One will be releasing their third album, Revel in Time. This album, like an Arian album, includes tons of guest musicians like Bumblefoot, Steve Vai, Britney Slays from Unleash the Archers, Ross Jennings from Haken, Tony Martin from Black Sabbath, and so many more. We discuss working with so many artists, what differentiates Star One from Arian, future live plans, time travel movies, and a lot more. Talking with Arian is always a delight, so without further delay, here are some of the title track from Revel in Time by Star One, which features Brandon from Crobot and Adrian Vanderberg. Before we dive into my chat. you been with everything going on over the last couple of years i i know you have like a whole in-home studio and that's what you have typically done for years and years but uh mm-hmm. how have things been different otherwise i guess uh almost no difference i'm afraid to say i've i always say i've been in lockdown for the last 30 years or something right <laughs> so, really i I'm, I'm a total recluse you know i don't have much of a social life uh, working in my studio all day, watching movies in the evening, uh, not going. I haven't been on a holiday, I think, for, for 30 years or something. So, um, yeah, not much has changed for me, really. And uh, has, like, the whole recording process changed for other people? Like, in the past, did you have everyone record remotely or did right, they come by? Yeah. Okay, so that's the same, yeah, too. Yeah, you're right. That's the big difference. Okay. Um, in the past, uh, I always flew everyone into my studio. So the previous two Star One albums, you know, Russell, Russell Floor, Damien, and Dan, uh, always flew them in, uh, which wasn't possible, of course, this time. So, uh, so that's when I decided to do just uh, one singer a song, you know, because really um, there was a lot of dialogue singing on those first Star One albums. And to be able to do that right, I have to have them in my studio and I have to um, guide them, you know, uh, in a live situation. So uh, that was the negative side of, of Corona. But uh, the positive side was that uh, everyone I asked said yes because they were all sitting at home and they were all like probably bored or not playing not touring you know and stuff and uh, so usually I ask about 30 people and about half of them say yes or they have the time but this time I asked about 30 people and they all said yes so so it was a total luxury problem where I uh, had to like like uh, 
release two CDs, you know, instead of one CD, because it has so many, so many guests on this album. Right. And I will get to those guests in a bit because there's a quite interesting bunch. But um, and I don't expect to remember this at all. And it'd be amazing if you did. Years and years ago, when I first started doing interviews with bands for my college radio station, you were one of the first people I talked to. Oh, and cool! We cool. talked about the Lost in the New Real album, and a lot. Oh, has, okay, okay. A ton has changed since we talked about that. Like you've done Gentle Storm with Annika, and other than that, your life has pretty much been uh, Arian since then. Why now to step over to something else? Because the last Arian album wasn't received that well, and uh, I'm totally spoiled. You know, I I, I started Arian 25 years ago, and everyone was always like, oh cool great great you know great reviews ending up in end lists of during the list and the fans were always happy and then suddenly with the last aerial album um i got some negative comments on it you know uh basically it, it was sort of like a musical you know it wasn't a prog album it wasn't a rock album uh, and there was supposed to be a movie uh, but because of corona we couldn't do the movie. Uh, it was just too complicated. It was too expensive. So uh, we released it as, or we, I, I released it as Arion, which maybe I should not have done because people didn't expect uh, an album like that. So um, I, I felt I had to uh, make things right after that. You know, I, I felt like, you know, I just have to plug in a guitar now, uh, make some noise, um, make more straightforward songs that are based on guitar riffs. Um, and that automatically leads me to my Star One project. Are are you someone that like checks in on reviews a lot? It sounds like you might be, but I hear you're not supposed to do that, especially like on the internet. I know, but I do. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible, you know. I want to know what people think. I, I'm totally, you know, I'm not one of those musicians who is like, I make music for myself and I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. It's, uh, it's it's so important for me that the fans like it, you know. And of course, you can't please everyone. I, I, I realize that, you know. So in the first place, I have to please myself. But uh, still, you know, if if I read a negative review, and most of all, when I agree with it, you know, <laughs> sometimes I read reviews that make my worst fears my, come true, you know, like, ah, oh, I wasn't happy with that. I hope they don't notice it. And then you read the reviews and... They're like saying exactly that. So they, they hurt the most. So, so yeah, I, I, I check out all the reviews, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, I mean, for your own mental health, I would recommend not doing that. But it sounds like you, I if, you, know, if you agree, I know. like, oh, it's even worse. Well, thing is, I was pretty safe, you know, in the past. <laughs> uh, loyal fans and, and you know, uh, I was pretty safe. There was rarely a, a really bad review. Uh, and if there was, I would always answer. I would always copy this review and then line for line, I would react on it. If I wouldn't agree, eh? if they would say things that, that I think didn't make sense, I would always uh, climb in the pen, we call it in, in, in Holland. Um, I would always comment on them, which was kind of fun, you know, because then you get into a dialogue with someone who hates your music and it's, it's just interesting. It's really interesting. And, you know, I, I, I'm not setting out to change their minds, you know, just to, uh, uh, yeah, to, to give my opinion and to, to uh, compare ideas and stuff like that. But, yeah, 
maybe i shouldn't <laughs> i mean i'm not just saying this because you're here i enjoyed the last album but i'm also a fan of musicals so that could just be me um but i you know i have fun with what you do uh moving on to the new album how do you differentiate what becomes a star one track and what becomes an arian album or something else because on paper the new album seems rather similar to arian in that it's you it's ed and a number of guest musicians mm -hmm. is it like the well, music connections this time or rather the movie connections uh the simple explanation is that everyone every star one album, uh, song could be an arian song but not every Arion song could be a Star One song. So that's that's uh, the easy explanation. Um, Arion has many styles. You know, uh, on Star One, you wouldn't hear violins and, and cellos and flutes and mandolins and dulcimers and, and all that kind of stuff and, and, and uh, more atmospheric passages and, and stuff. Um, Star One is, is basically uh the metal side of Arion. so um so yeah that's that's uh that's a simple explanation okay and like i mentioned this one had a lot of uh movie references and some of them like i am not familiar with and you did a recent instagram post that kind of like pointed out what some are pointing at like i've never heard of the right, primer right. i don't know frequency i don't know source code or sapphire and steel um uh, were there movies or shows that you tried to write something about that did, just didn't work out or that you're saving for a future thing, though? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, well, the concept was uh, manipulation of time. So I just stood in front of my, my DVD collection and pulled out all those movies. There were like 40, I think. So it was hard to pick pick the right movies. And yeah, there were certain movies where I started to write about this movie uh, or I just wrote down, I watched the movie and wrote down a lot of lines. Uh, mostly it's the title. Uh, mostly as soon as I got a cool title for, for a song, um, I would stick with the movie. Uh, and of course, the movie has to fit the music, you know. So I always start with the music and then find the right movie for the music. So it, it wasn't like I watched the movie and I suddenly got inspired and wrote a song. Uh, can we expect a Futurama song in the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, it's just about Nibbler and being the, the key of everything sort of deal. Right, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw in some Simpsons as well. and uh, Oh, now we're talking. Some, <laughs> some Beavis and Butthead in, yeah. And of course, South Park, don't forget. I, I'm, I mean, I'm almost certain there's Simpsons where they time travel. In fact, I know there is. I, I'm sure. I don't know I'm about sure Beavis and Butthead. Like, we're talking, like, Simpsons is my bread and butter outside of metal. But uh, oh, cool, I digress. Cool. Um <laughs> Something this about this album that is interesting compared to previous ones that I already kind of alluded to and that you alluded to, of course, is the number of different singers on the songs. Uh, can you elaborate mm -hmm. on that, how that came to be and how, you know, a second disc of the same songs, but with different singers yeah. came about? Well, um, the first two Star One albums were Dan, Russell, Damien and Floor, uh, and they were interacting with each other within the songs. Uh, which wasn't possible because of Corona. Um, so then I decided, well, let's just do, uh, let's just do, do a new concept, at least for me, uh, do one singer a song. So I got, I was like, okay, I have these four singers, I have four songs, but I, you know, I still have lots of songs left. Uh, and I thought there's so many singers I still want to work with. I have this wish list of 200 singers. Uh, a lot of them are singers that I grew up listening to in my formative years, and uh, others are 
uh, new talents that I discovered. So, yeah, this was a great way for me, you know, to work with a lot of singers that I've always wanted to work with. Um, one of the singers that really stood out to me and is kind of getting a lot of press again, which was well-deserved, was uh, Tony Martin, uh, who is kind of this, like, under underappreciated Black Sabbath singer. How is it like? Absolutely. How is it like working with him? Because he, like, I recently listened to the entire Black Sabbath discography, and, like, I love Sabbath so much. And there are some dark patches in there, but his stuff is really good. It's it's com totally consistent, you know, whether tour or... or... Or, or Headless Cross, Headless you know, Cross or, is so or good. Eternal Idol. It's, it's, uh, I think Tura may be my favorite because of Anna Mundi. But yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, I saw them live a couple of times as well. Uh, I actually first approached him um, when I did the Electric Castle album. That was in 96, I believe, 96, 97. Uh, at that point, he just... Oh, well, he did not really leave Black Sabbath. He was kind of like sacked for, for Dio. Um, back then, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. So uh, I asked him again for the previous Star One album the, the, in the 2010, The Victims of the Modern Age. Um, and this time he agreed. So he's got an amazing song on that album. Uh, so yeah, I already worked with him and I already knew how good he still is. And uh, this time I had a track that I felt was perfect for him and I sent it to him and uh, uh, he was immediately like, hey, I, you know, good to talk to you after all this time. And uh, yeah, I did a great job as always. You know, he's, he, the cool thing is he's, I, I love his, uh, his pronunciation is so great. You know, the way the, he words, sings the words and uh, this song also shows off all the sides of his uh, of his impressive range, you know, it's, it's, it's got the, the powerful stuff, but it also has got the low stuff, which I really like. A couple other singers I want to ask you about, cause like, I can, I can see how like, you've got some musicians on, he's like, you've got these like big marquee names that have been known for like decades. And then mm -hmm. there's some newer artists that I want to know how you became aware of, like Brandon sure. from Crowbot or Brittany from Unleash the Archers. Uh, those are they're uh, both incredibly talented people that I was surprised to see on your lists. Two of my favorites there. Um, Brandon, I actually, uh, I, I'm subscribed to a lot of magazines, you know, and they talk about bands and I always check them out on YouTube and, uh, I saw low life of, of Crowbot and I loved it so much. It's one of the best videos I've seen in years. And, uh, I, I love just love the charisma of this singer, you know, he's got a lot of power, uh, but, um, oh, he's also funny, you know, it's, and I saw that and I was like, shit, I got to work with this. How, how am I going to get in touch with them? Uh, luckily, Crowbot is, uh, at some point, they signed to the same label as me, Moskot Records in Holland. Um, so I got his email address, sent him a mail, and uh, I, I said, I got this very strange track for you, you know, which is based on Bill and Ted. And he was like, most excellent wild stallion. So <laughs> I said the right words to him and he's such a nice guy. And he, I don't know if you saw the video clip, but he, uh, he also acted in the video clip. And uh, um, I totally agree with you. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be big, you know, a really, really powerful singer. And um, Britney, uh, same thing, basically, YouTube. And 
uh, I saw this clip, which was actually an, an amateur clip of, of someone in a karaoke bar and this uh, little girl with glasses come on stage, you know, and, and uh, uh, friends say, yeah, come on, sing something, you know, and, and, and she sang Queen of the Rye, Queen's Rye. So incredibly good that I totally got tears in my eyes. And I was like, well, who is this? And then I checked her out and I found her band on Leash the Arches. And um, it's almost inhuman, you know, how powerful she can sing. And I approached her. And again, you know, I said, I'm writing this song. And I explained who I am. But she knew. She was like, no, no, I knew. <laughs> no need to explain. I know who you are. And I said, well, I got this song about uh, Terminator. And oh, that's my, my favorite franchise, franchise ever. And uh, <clears throat> she loved the song. And uh, that, that, yeah, that could, I, I think she's, she's definitely in her style, one of the best in the world right now. Absolutely. I've had her on the show a couple of times and. Oh, cool. She's such a nice girl too. We always get lost talking about cats because we're both cats. Okay. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, uh, you mentioned the video for uh, Revel in Time. That's a uh, tribute to Bill and Ted. Um, is that one of your favorite 80s movies? I, I, I imagine Blade Runner is probably number one, but uh, yeah, are you a fan yeah. of that franchise? uh i wouldn't say favorite but but uh it was total fun you know but i i saw it back now because i watched the movies again when i was writing lyrics and not all of it stood the test of time you know there was some stuff like mm, i don't know but i mean those one-liners you know the, the bodacious and the non-heinous and the be excellent to each other i mean that's timeless stuff you know that that will just always be funny um, and I also I wanted this Star One album to be lighter than the, the, the previous one, which was really dark. Uh, like you say, uh, there was a track about Blade Runner and about Clockwork Orange. You know, it was all about dystopias. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, um, I, I thought doing a track about Bill and Ted is is uh, is quite a challenge. You know, <laughs> you're going to write a lyric about it. How are you going to make? make a clip for it but um i hope we stayed on the right right side of the being cheesy <laughs> i think about that movie so often in like the weirdest ways because like you said it's the it's the weird one-liners um anytime i see the name socrates i think socrates um <laughs> socrates. i was thinking of pronouncing it that way in in the in the <laughs> song but it, it didn't fit but yeah socrates yeah philosophize with him <laughs> We are dust. We're in all the wind. dust yes. in the wind, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally amazing. Uh, I just actually watched the second one with my wife recently, and I didn't remember much about it. It's a weirder, darker movie that I remember, but also Primus is in it, which is very weird. Primer, yeah. Um, it, it was a very, very complicated song with many, many vocal lines and, and uh, a cappella stuff, and I was like, I can't write lyrics for this one. I'm not good enough. And there's only one person in the world who can do that. And it's Michael Mills. Uh, he, he's my genius, you know, my Australian genius. And I, I contacted him. I said, well, do you have a favorite movie about time? And immediately he said, Primer. It's, you know, it's, it's a movie. I, he, I said, I, he said, I've seen it 10 times and I still don't get it. And uh, it was a movie made for $6,000 or something and uh, just two guys in it. And I was like, well, go for it, man. So, so he wrote the lyrics for that one. Yeah. 
That was a bit of Britney Slade's performance on the Star One track, Fate of Man. I'll look more with Aryan shortly, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Tom England from Evergrey and Silent Skies discusses his heavy origins. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. I can't remember the name. I, don't, I can't hardly remember what it sounded like either. I guess, I think it was called Adamant, uh, which is a very weird word uh, for a, a native English-speaking guy, but in Swedish... When you were young, it sounded super cool. Uh, and it was like a mixture of uh, crap, <laughs> I guess. I mean, that was back in the time when I, you know, during those maybe two to three first years when your guitar sounded like crap. So, uh, yeah, don't I don't have much recollection of it other than that I wasn't happy with how it sounded. <laughs> Vic, I, I do want to hear your answer in just a second, but... Uh adamants like one who is feeling adamant about doing something but that girl yeah. oh okay yeah. just making sure that sort I heard of you set right. the course for my life after that <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool title to be honest yeah well i've heard worse you can have it <laughs> the adam there tour. was also a band called adam ant and yeah. they thought we got confused with them at one time adam ant yeah the <laughs> what, 80s kind of prog exactly. stuff i don't even know what Punk, you call right them. Punk music, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Silent Sky's new album, Nectar, will be out on February 4th via Napalm Records, while the latest Evergrey live album, Before the Aftermath, will be out on January 28th. Pick up each of those albums at the links in this episode's descriptions, and check out my full interview with Tom and his Silent Sky's partner, Vic, on episode 105. Find that over at farbandmetalpodcast.com. Now, before I wrap my conversation with Arian Anthony Lucasen, here are some of Prescient from the Star One Revel in Time album, which features lead vocals by Michael Mills and Ross Jennings. ask you about a song on disc two uh today is yesterday which is the one where you retain your lead vocals on it which i assume were your guide vocals uh right what about that song made you want to keep your voice as the person singing it uh basically i sang uh, guide vocals for all the tracks um but a lot of these tracks are not in my range you know i i can't like the the brandon yeager the russell allen stuff you know there's no way i can sing like that so I sang that old octave lower, which sounds horrible, you know, which, which was good for the guide singer. You know, he, know, he knew what to do. And this was basically the only track that was in my range. And uh, I know for some weird reason that so, there are some people who <laughs> enjoy my singing, like my voice. So I was like, well, let's, let's put one of my songs with guide focus on it. And that, that was really the only one that came close enough to being good. 
Uh, when we spoke about 10 years ago, you seemed pretty confident that there would never be Arion live shows. And since then, there have been two live albums. Uh, yes. Star One did shows about 20 years ago, from what I could tell. If normalcy right. of touring and live performances fully comes back, could you see Star One performing? And would you be out there? Um, no. Okay. No, no. Um, Arion, yes. I mean, it's it's been very successful. Um but I think if I would do Star One Life, uh, people would want to see me up there, you know, and it's just not something, my passion isn't there. Also, I'm not good at it. It's not my speciality. You know, I, I just freeze, you know, when I get on stage and, and uh, I'm already not the best guitar player. You know, there's so many other guitar players who are way better than me. Um, so, yeah, and if I would do Star One live and i would not be in the band i don't think people would would uh, tolerate i uh, tolerate is a shitty word like would like that so uh uh what of course we will do uh, if we do Arion live again which is in the planning um we can play star one songs you know which which we've done on the previous shows as well right um you mentioned that there was a list of 200 singers that you wanted to potentially work with so it sounds like yes. there are still many white whale guests musicians for you to work with. <laughs> yeah totally who are some of those folks or would you rather not disclose yeah of course um well of course top of the list is is the legends you know it's the legends that i grew up listening to and then i'm talking about uh, ian gillens and robert plants and david gilmore's and uh gate bushes and you know these kind of singers uh, uh, I mean, that that would be a dream come true. And I fully realize they can't sing the way they used to sing in the 70s. But nevertheless, you know, to work with these people that, that you know, <laughs> that, that would be a true dream come true. So, yeah, that's on top of the list. And then apart from that, yeah, there's so, so many names. You know, there's so many uh, new singers servicing all the time. Also singers from the 80s, 90s that I still want to work with. And basically, it all depends on whether I have the right song for them. Mm -hmm. Like a good example is Jeff Scott Soda. I mean, I've always wanted to work with him, but I never felt like I had the right part or I had the right song for him. And this time I, I had this track and all I could hear was his voice on it. And I uh, I contacted him and um, and he was, hey, Len, what took you so long, man? What took you so long to ask me? <laughs> That's got to be a good <laughs> feeling. Really Oh, that was a great feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. I, actually, I already saw him say it in, in an interview somewhere. So uh, he's such a nice guy, you know, and such a great singer and, and so dependable. You know, he, he sent me the stuff within a week and I asked him for a little video and he sent it to me and uh, great guy. Uh, someone who we just lost, who I could have seen on one of your projects, was uh, Meatloaf. Did you ever try and get Meatloaf on a record? Because he's got that no. bombastic voice that would have been great. I know it. It would have been fantastic. For some reason, uh, of course, he's on the list. Uh, maybe like I never had the right part for him. But yes, that would have been amazing. You know, his songs were mini, mini rock operas. Of course. Yeah, that would have been. That's exactly what made him come to mind. Yep. Uh, so it sounds like there's future Arion in, in the works, at least on the stage. Um, do you have any plans for more Gentle Storm with Annika? Uh, thing is, I, I, I listened to that album lately 
And I was like, uh, oh my God, how did I come up with this? You know, all these arrangements and all these cellos and violins and and all these melodies and, and harmonies and, and and concept. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I don't think I can make something like that, um, which is, yeah, it's so erring to say, which is as good as this, but which which has would reach that that quality um so i also talked with annika about it and uh, if i would do another album with her uh, I, I would not do something completely different you know, i would i would have to find a different direction because in that style i don't think i can make a better album oh wow you you are your own worst critic and that's so interesting because it's like progressing you in a really seemingly positive way for your other artistic endeavors. Has this always been the case? Cause you, you we mentioned earlier reading comments and stuff kind of impacting you, but uh, mm. it, it sounds like you, you uh, yeah, like I said, you're your own worst enemy in a way. I, I, I'm a terrible perfectionist and it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. Um, it, it means I can't really enjoy stuff. Because, because uh, not even when I have like one of my heroes, Steve I, on my album, you know, I, I cry for a couple of hours and it's like, oh, great, and then you know the worrying starts. Or will people like it? Or was it good enough for him? And um, so, so yeah, that's the negative side. But on the other hand, it, it keeps me on my toes. You know, it, it makes me want to improve myself. With with every album, I'm like, you know, I got to do something better. I got to do. Uh, which is not always easy, you know. So, so yeah, we're going back to, to my answer on the gentle storm thing. I, uh, often I, I'd rather do something different, you know, than to try to do something better. Of course. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to take up much more of your time. Thank you for being on my podcast and thank you for talking to me again. I love the new record and I look forward to any and all future projects from you. Um, yeah, dude. Thanks so much. Great, man. We'll talk again next time. Of course. Sure. Talk to you in a decade. <laughs> cool. Yeah, maybe sooner. All right. Later. I'll be I'll be seventy two. Oh my god, I'll be seventy two then. I, I don't. I mean, my show doesn't have an age limit. Let's do it. Let's pencil it in now. <laughs> okay, it's good. All right, you have a good one. Deal. Okay, Daniel. All right, farewell. Revel in Time by Star One will be out on February 18th via Inside Out Music. Pre-order your copy at the handy link in this episode's description. Now to conclude this episode, I am recommending a band that was suggested to me by a friend of mine. Word of mouth still does wonders, guys. This band is called Never Bloom and they're a groovy synth-infused progressive metal band out of Sacramento, California. As of this recording, they have one song out which they describe as If Spirit Box and In This Moment Had a Baby. This is that song and it is called Clarity and here it is in its entirety.
You can keep up with Neverbloom over at facebook.com slash neverbloomband and neverbloomband.com. Real talk, I was absolutely floored by this band, and I'm very, very excited to be in the general area where they are from, so I hopefully get to see Neverbloom grow and bloom. Anyway. You can head over to farbandmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be on the show. You can find past episodes. There's a store link. Social media stuff can all be found there. And then, of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.